You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program already in progress. Final hour on this Tuesday. Trade deadline coming up in five hours from now. I mentioned a couple of players that could be traded. And uh, maybe one of those players would be Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think it's going to happen. But if you do shop Odell Beckham Jr., you better trade him. Because I would hate for him to be thinking he's going to be traded, not traded, and then going back into that locker room. I would not want to put up with that the rest of the year. And I don't put the blame at his feet. I don't. It's easy when we go, oh, the Browns are struggling. Odell Beckham Jr. didn't do anything. I'm not going to put that on him. I I think the problem is, is we treat him as if he's Jerry Rice. He's had a couple of great moments there. One or two great seasons. He had one spectacular catch. But that's it. He's been okay with the Browns. But I don't, we we treat him as if he's still one of the best receivers in the game. He's not. Is he talented? Sure, there's a lot of guys who are talented. But if I could move him and get something in return, then I would. But Cleveland right now doesn't have any playmakers. Got to have the running game. Their offensive line is banged up. You know, Jarvis Landry is my go-to wide receiver. Defense has been, been been playing pretty well, but you need to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if you look at some of Baker Mayfield's throws, they were a little bit off, but they still, they should have been caught. And they should have won that game. They should have won that game by 10 points, two touchdowns. I'm not putting this on Odell Beckham. I just don't look at him as a big threat anymore. He was fascinating when he was with the Giants. And I think when the Browns got him, you go, okay, Baker Mayfield is a go-to guy. Well, be careful when you get the go-to guy because the go-to guy expects the ball all the time, wants the ball, needs his touches. Hey, I'm Odell Beckham. Don't you know who I am? And Baker Mayfield, you're a young quarterback, impressionable. You want Odell Beckham to uh, respect you and be your friend. And then you start looking for him too much. And the defenses know this. But Odell Beckham is not a great player anymore. And maybe when he gets healthy, if he's you know still banged up, uh, he's gotten hurt there in Cleveland. But I just don't look at him. I can watch a Browns game and forget he's on the field. How many great wide receivers can you do that with? Probably not many. I know when Devontae Adams is on the field and not on the field. But with Odell Beckham, maybe being on a different team, and I don't think this is his last stop. Maybe he could kind of recapture some of that lost glory there. Yeah, Paul. I still don't understand it. When he's healthy, unless he's just perpetually not healthy, they don't even really target him that much. I think he's got he's got 34 targets in six games. Tyreek Hill has 90 targets yeah. in eight games. Yeah. And they are similar players. And like they're underneath, you get them, they're hard to deal with. It's, it's like they never they don't choose to go to him. But it's almost as if they went to him too much. Now they're not going to him enough. And as they move forward here, and, you know, they might be the third best team in their division right now. Maybe fourth, when you think about it. And this was a on the short list of Super Bowl teams. And the AFC is open for business, aside from Buffalo, because with Derrick Henry going down, obviously it's a huge loss for the Titans. They'd already beaten Buffalo, beaten Kansas City. They beat the Colts. They can beat anybody in the AFC. But without Derrick Henry, it's going to be a little bit different. This is where the Browns should have been able or should be able to take advantage of the AFC because it's 
not formidable. Even Kansas City last night, you know, they struggled to beat the Giants. Penalties, turnovers, and the Giants hung in there. As you move forward, it feels like it's Buffalo, and then it's everybody else. Yeah, McLovin. I'll tell you what happened to Odell Beckham Jr. It's against the grain theory that Eli Manning made wide receivers great, and anybody who leaves the Giants is never going to do anything else. Because no one threw a more catchable ball by Eli. The problem is the quarterback would often catch it, too. He put so much air under the ball that all Hakeem Nix, Mario Manningham, uh, Monty Toomer, Victor Cruz, they all got paid elsewhere and never caught another bat. Okay. Not many takes like that yeah. today, but I'm 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 okay with that. Yeah, Eli put a nice catchable ball up. It just he threw a ton of interceptions. Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. But Baker, there, you know, uh Baker doesn't seem to have be able to find him even when he tries. Is that a I know you're you're saying it's not on Odell all the way. No, it's not, but I, I just don't know. I don't know how into it he is, you know, that, you know, sometimes you get somebody who is like Steve Smith with Carolina. He was passionate. Like he was into it. I need Odell to feel like an underdog here and prove himself again, because when he does, you know, very few players who are like him, but he, he's sort of the Jadavian Clowney of wide receivers. Jadavian Clowney made one play in his career. That was the Vincent Smith hit when he was in college when they faced Michigan in a bowl game. That's it. He became the first pick of the draft. And he's been good. He's not great. But I just feel like Odell Beckham has had one moment with the one-handed grab against the Cowboys. Now, he has done other things and had a lot of catches. He had three good seasons. First three. Yeah, McLevin. Do you think the average, even like knowledgeable NFL fans, remember that Jadavion Clowney's in Cleveland right now? No. No. They might think he's in Seattle. But you're right. There are times when you watch a game, but there are players that have these moments, and those moments overshadow the other moments where they don't do anything. You're like, oh, my God, did you see that? It's like a dunk. But then you go, How, what else did he do? Uh, I don't even know. Bob, but did you see that dunk? Therefore, because of that, you stand out. Yes, McLean. Would you How about Saquon Barkley is, is that category? Some big plays. He's but... living off his college days. He, you know, he had, a, he had a nice rookie season, but he's not going to get a long-term contract with the Giants. But, he, you know, he was in commercials. You play in New York. But he hasn't done anything. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. All right, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com, Twitter handle at dpshow. Trade deadline coming up. Deshaun Watson is not going to be moved. But I don't know what happens next. Does he go to practice tomorrow? Does he want to play? He's cleared to play. If he does play, he's not going to be suspended. If he's traded, he wouldn't be suspended. But what happens with Deshaun Watson? We keep asking and we get no reason why he's not playing. Nobody wants to say uh, team decision, league decision, quarterback decision, because it's all involved. I think the league doesn't want him to play. He doesn't want to play to hurt his trade value, and the Texans don't want him to play either. But at some point, like, why not just waive your no trade? If you want to get out of the Texans, and why do you want to go to Miami? What's in Miami other than 
the lifestyle of Miami. The team's not good. You already gave up a first-round draft pick to move up in the draft. You do have the Niners draft pick, but they haven't been good. Been one of the bigger disappointments. Now they're going to give up three first-round draft picks for you? Therefore, when you look around and go, hell, this is, this is just Houston with nicer weather here. Like, what, what else are you going to have? Not a good team. But you, if he waived his no trade, then maybe you get, then maybe he would be traded. But I, I still find it highly unlikely. Yeah, Paul. It's the most fascinating story of the year that we can't get an explanation of why one of the top quarterbacks in the league is not participating on Sundays. We, we sent notes to the team and said, whose decision? Well, they won't give it up. You know? And, you know, the league can never ding a team for tanking. People say, well, Deshaun Watson said he isn't, pl- isn't going to play. His agents hinted at that, but it's like, if I'm a season ticket holder of the uh, Houston Texans, I would sue and ask for my money back this year because the product was not given to me. Make sure you head over to danpatrick.com, sign up for our newsletter. Free to join, goes out daily, recaps the show, provides everything you need to know, what's happening on the show. By the way, newsletter subscribers, you will get first dibs on the uh, autograph calendars that we will have. We'll give you those details coming up here shortly where you'll be able to order those by Thanksgiving and they'll arrive in time for uh, Christmas. McLovin, poll question for the final hour. Okay, the first two hours was which uh, who will win the AFC and the L.A. voters apparently woke up because the Chargers passed the Raiders and the Chiefs. All right. uh, I don't know. Okay. Um, question off the injury to Derrick Henry. Who is the most valuable non-running back offensive player in the NFL? If I gave you Henry, uh, Tyreek Hill, or Travis Kelsey, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Is there anyone else you want to put on that list? Because it feels like Henry is the one injury that people think was most devastating for a non-quarterback. Yeah, because with Derrick Henry, I think they're a Super Bowl team. Or Super Bowl caliber. Do you downgrade them out of that conversation now? Yes. Even though Mike Rabel, the coach, says we're going to have the same philosophy and run the football. Well, if you look at Derrick Henry the last couple of weeks, he had a couple of, like one big run in each game. But other than that, he was averaging 2.8 yards per carry. Julio Jones has to step up here. Now, I don't know if they become a little bit more pass happy, but it feels like that. And I don't know if Julio Jones is healthy if he's ever going to be healthy, but I think that that's what has to happen. As far, I, I would say Devontae Adams on that list, McLovin. Yeah, Devontae Adams, yeah. for sure. Is yeah. there a defender you'd put on there? Is Miles Garrett worthy of that list where you, you wouldn't want to lose compared to an offensive player? Yeah, but they're an average team. Yeah. that Like the, right now they're non-threatening. Yes. Yeah, How terrible are the 49ers without George Kittle? That's a huge loss. Yeah. Hey, you know who's trying to fill the void is Debo Samuels, I think, second in the league. He's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a little bit like uh, their Derrick Henry. <laughs> they give it to him every time. Yeah. Yeah, the Niners are up there for disappointment because I, I thought maybe they could go from worst to first. but And, and I don't put all this on Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, at, you know, at some point, we got to look at Kyle Shanahan and say, Kyle, come on, let's go. Offensive genius, let's go. Uh, and I don't know if we're going to see that. Plus, you gave up all those picks. You got Trey Lance. He's not ready right now. What are you going to do when this season ends? What happens to Jimmy Garoppolo? What if Jimmy Garoppolo is the better quarterback for the 49ers right now? Be- because he is. It's just 
He's not exciting. You've seen all of this. And Trey Lance gives you the possibility. You know, these coaches love the possibility, the potential. Sometimes what you have is good enough. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is good enough for the 49ers. Now, the, the ceiling, he's already reached that. Trey Lance gives you the, oh my gosh, he could be a more athletic Patrick Mahomes. Justin Fields, he could be a more athletic Patrick Mahomes. Like, this is how these coaches think. We, we want the next dimension. Lamar Jackson is this. What if we had somebody who could do that, but also throw like Patrick Mahomes? Now you're looking for the hybrid here. Like Taysom Hill. You know, Sean Payton in love with Taysom Hill. The potential. Teddy Bridgewater was the better quarterback. Not Taysom Hill. But Taysom Hill, my God, look at the things that we can do. Yeah, McLeod. Do you remember when the Niners traded up to three and there was a lot of scuttlebutt that it was Mac Jones yeah. that they coveted? Yeah. Maybe that would have been a better pick. Way yeah, too early. But, but you would have a Jimmy Garoppolo-type quarterback. And I wouldn't trade up to get Mac Jones. I wouldn't have traded all that to get Mac Jones. Now, and Trey Lance was great for one year. And that's what these coaches, these scouts, they have to base it on one year. Dwayne Haskins, one year. Kyler Murray, one year. Baker Mayfield, one year. Trubisky. One year. Even Joe Burrow was really on that one year because the previous year, he was sort of okay at LSU. It's that one year. And, and, and is that as good as you'll get? Justin Fields, one year. And, and I think it's really hard to go, let me see what happens. You know, Sam Howitt, North Carolina, really talented, doesn't have the weapons he had last year. Ask Notre Dame about how good Sam Howell is, the North Carolina quarterback. They came away impressed. He was athletic, hard to tackle, threw a great deep ball, but we don't talk about him because he doesn't have the same weapons that he had the previous year. Now you got to go on what? The previous year or this year? Now you're going to draft him? How high are you going to draft him? Yeah, McLovin. Yeah, it's like, uh, who is the co- Jordan Love. Like, it's, he's, he, Sam Howe, I, I saw him compared to Jordan Love. Lost all his receivers. Josh Allen lost all his receivers as a senior. Yeah, but then the Packers drafted Jordan Love on the previous yeah. year results, not what happened the final year. So which makes, by implication, that maybe they'll draft Sam Howell based on the previous year. Maybe. Maybe. But then Joe Burrow, you didn't draft on the previous year. You drafted on his final year there. Dwayne Haskins, Justin Fields. Yeah, Paul. Dan, I know you love this. I'm doing it early just to put you in a good mood. The yeah. Sam Howell, USC quarterback, or yeah, UNC quarterback, player comp in the NFL, I know you'll get this. Remember, it's based mostly mm. on looks and body type, not on playing ability. I was thinking it would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, Sam Howell is listed 6'1", so he's a little short. 220, so he's a little thick. Russell Wilson Jr., the third? Mm. I, think, I think he got it. It's, it's less movement... More drop back, a little swagger. Baker Mayfield Jr. the third. That's right. That's the go-to player comp for Sam Howell, based only off body type. Uh, yes, McLovin. Yeah, that's the thing about Howell. He's he's short. I think people are turning away from the short guys now that Baker is not as good. Now they're going to go tall again. Russell Wilson didn't get any ta- taller. Kyle yeah, Murray watch- didn't get any taller. I watched Kenny Pickett go high. They're going to go back. Justin Herbert's good and two is bad. Know, you know, know how the league works. I know. And they never learn. Like, we got to have a 6'5 quarterback. 
How's Paxton Lynch doing? It's cyclical. Then they went short with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. Now they want to go tall again. I would just like to have a quarterback who can play. I don't care how tall you are. Can you play? It'd be like if somebody saw Jose Altuve and go, man, he's, he's way too short. You know, meanwhile, he's hitting 380. He's going to hit more postseason home runs than anybody in the history of the game. Yeah, but he's too short there. Well, Kyler Murray hasn't won a Super Bowl yet. Oh, my God. Shut up. Ryan Clark will join us. We'll recap what happened with the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and uh, get his thoughts on the Rams trade. That's next year on the Dan Patrick Show. It's amazing. Discover matches all the cash back you've earned on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. No limit on how much you can earn, which is amazing. Even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of the places in the United States that take credit cards take Discover. And that means when it comes to Discover, you're going to hear the word yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. Discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. In the new Peacock original, one of us is lying. Everyone at Bayview High has secrets to hide. Based on the number one New York Times bestseller, the teen murder mystery is streaming now. Go to PeacockTV.com to sign up. McLovin, update the poll results. Okay, we still have up uh, who will win the AFC West. It's the Los Angeles Chargers. Mm. Can I ask a quick mean baseball question or should we... Save it for after Ryan Clark. Okay. You just ask a question if you could ask the question. Yeah. Basically, I was complaining to the guys earlier today. I think ratings are down because the games are over too late. Okay. And everyone sort of poo-pooed me. Poo-pooed. Paulie says that they've always been late and ratings are down more than usual. All right. Yes, Paulie? I saw a stat today put out by a Sports Business Journal that the World Series games going back to 1990 generally end around 1140 p.m., between 11.40 p.m. and midnight, going back to 1990. Yeah. Before that, when there was day games and mixed with night games, it was a whole different uh, number. But if you basically go back to the early 90s, it's been late night. But I don't think the games have ended by midnight at all in this series. Have Doesn't they? feel like it. Maybe, maybe I'd have to go back. Well, they always tell you that the coverage is going to start, like World Series, Game 6, 8 Eastern, then you tune in and then it's like 8.20 and you're like, all right, you got me. But it does feel like these games are going four hours. Yeah, Paul. In the past uh, two years, the average World Series game is ending at 11.46 p.m. Mm-hmm. A decade ago, it was 11.43 p.m. A decade before that, it was 11.54 p.m. So the games are ending eight minutes earlier than they did two decades ago. Right, but you could have a lag effect where younger fans have been turned off and off and off and off going back 30 years now because that's, they couldn't. That's very fair. Andrew's right. If you go back to the 1990s, in the 1980s, the average World Series game ended at 10.26 p.m. A decade later, the average World Series game ended at 11.29 p.m., an hour and three minutes later. Yeah. It coincides with the national drop in World Series ratings, not local drops. Well, you just start cramming in commercials and everything is sponsored and pitching changes and all these things that just in the course of a game slow a game down. Now you have longer commercial breaks. Everybody wants their inventory and... You know, you got to decide. Well, they've already decided that bottom line is the bottom line, and that's money. But I have said this probably for 20 years now. 
baseball hasn't really invested in a younger generation, the next generation. It just sort of glides along and wants that guy who's in his 50s to be watching baseball. You want the guy who's in his 50s to be watching with his son or who could be watching with his son. That That's the tradition. You know, you look at certain fan bases, like the Steelers. If you're a Steeler fan, chances are your dad was a Steeler fan. And then maybe his dad was, or the Dallas Cowboys, or the 49ers. That's how it happens. You hand it down. But I don't know if we have that as much with baseball as we do with some of the other sports. Certainly with football. Yeah, McLevin. Why is it I feel like, and Paulie's numbers don't tell the story, but I feel like at-bats last longer, there's more pitching changes. (laughs) Maybe I'm getting older, but it feels like the game has slowed down a little bit. It's slowed down, and then it's slower because there's no movement in the game itself. Yeah, I think it feels slower because of that, too. Yeah, there are times when you watch a game, and I don't watch a game and go, boy, how long is it going? Because if it's good, it's good. It's when it's not good or it's slow, and then you get that, do I want to stay up for another hour or 45 minutes? It's almost a sense of dread. Like, can I do this? Is it worth staying up? Yeah, Todd. And things like hit and runs and squeeze plays and double steals and all the things that we were used to years ago that made it feel at least like there was some more movement going on per pitch instead of it just kind of being so stagnant. Yeah, I remember asking Alex Rodriguez uh, about stealing bases. This is a long time ago. This is probably 20 years ago. And he said, when they start paying people again to steal bases, then you'll have people steal bases. They're paying people to hit home runs. They're paying pitchers to strike you out. That's what you're being paid for. Yeah, Paul. The last time a World Series game started before 7 p.m. Eastern was game six of the 87 World Series Cardinals (laughs) Twins. 1987. And we were able to stay up and watch that. It also ended just before midnight. (laughs) But you didn't, like, once again, if it's a great game, I don't care how long it goes. It's when it's not a great game and it just is interminable. You know, that's when I think you, you know, there's so many other things to watch. You know, you got to factor that in as well. Yeah, McLovin. Like, I didn't mind if the Cubs Indian series, those games were long. I didn't mind at all if they were long. Yeah. Yeah, Paul. Here's another quick one. They, they did some population density studies with MLB and ratings. 47% of Major League Baseball, they call them hardcore fans, are in the Eastern time zone. 29% in the Central time zone. 7% in the Mountain time zone. 17% in the Pacific time zone. Yeah. But they cater to those time zones. They cater to the you know, the West Coast because you'll have a later start. If you just were you know one of that East Coast audience, then you'd have something maybe at six o'clock. Yeah, Seaton. I think baseball should you should only be allowed to have nine players. <laughs> and there's no there's no bench, there's no pitching changes. So if your pitcher stinks, you got to bring in like the right fielder to pitch, and the pitcher goes out the right field. <laughs> Ryan Clark is an ESPN <laughs> analyst across multiple shows, including Get Up, Sports Center with uh, Scott Van Pelt uh, on Mondays, NFL Live on Tuesday and more. Also stars in a weekly UFC show with uh, uh, Daniel Cormier, uh, ESPN. It's called RC and DC and uh, their podcast Face First each Friday. He's the former defensive back for the Steelers. He's Ryan Clark, who joins us on loan for the mothership. Uh, should that feel like a win to the Kansas City Chiefs last night? Yeah, I mean, when you win a football game, you win a football game. And, and you know, in this league, Dan, it's hard uh, to get W's. But 
you also have to go in and critique it even harder with the win. You know, now you can be harder on Patrick Mahomes, harder on Travis Kelsey. You can, you know, speak to Dan Sorensen and that defense about giving up the deep ball without it necessarily feeling like you have to build these guys up because you do have a W. The Kansas City Chiefs have a higher standard than other teams in this league right now. You know, we expect certain things from them, and I believe they expect certain things from themselves. You know, I had colleagues speaking before the season, could the Kansas City Chiefs go 17-0, and and they're 4-4. and Yeah, but you start to look at this, and now we're seeing defenses basically say, all right, let's see if you can be a conservative offense or you're not going to hit those home runs. Why did it take so long for defenses to kind of figure this out of not let Mahomes throw those deep balls to Tyreek Hill? Maybe it sounds simpler than what it is, Ryan. You know what? It's actually pretty simple. Uh, If you go back to last year, Dan, and I said this, uh, and I spoke about it on TV, uh, Raheem Morris and the Atlanta Falcons, when they played the Kansas City Chiefs late in the season, I want to say Kansas City scored 16, 17 points that game. It was in a win because Atlanta was terrible. But they played a too-high shell, and then they'd rotate a a safety every now and then to Tyreek Hill on those deep crossers uh, that he'd get from trips formations, and, and it worked. And then if you watch the Super Bowl, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even though they were able to rush uh, the passer because they had so many injuries on the front line of the Kansas City Chiefs, Tampa Bay Buccaneers did the same thing. And so what it does is it makes Patrick Mahomes play slow as well. I mean, he famously admitted himself that he couldn't read defenses till you know, halfway into the year he was the starting quarterback. And I think by making him play slow, by making them earn it, by forcing them to run, you know, teams are making them conservative and honestly quite boring, Dan. And you know that team likes to have fun. And so they're going to have to adjust and learn a new identity. Can Patrick Mahomes be a game manager? Uh, I believe so. But uh, he's obviously too talented to ever just be that. Uh, what Patrick Mahomes has to be, though, is more accurate, right? Patrick Mahomes has to be more efficient. Patrick Mahomes has to be a quicker decision-maker. And he also a little bit has to not be Patrick Mahomes. And what I mean by that is he doesn't need the big play all the time. You know, sometimes it's okay to get the smart play. Sometimes it's okay to get the check down, and he's going to have to fight against that himself. You and your prime against Tyree Kill or Travis Kelsey, who do you want? I would definitely, I would definitely want Travis Kelsey because Tyree Hill got some stuff I don't got. You know, at least Travis Kelsey, I can stay close. Hey, Dan, if if it's Tyree Hill and it's just me, that's probably over before it starts, and that's terrible coaching, and that's what Coach LeBeau would have decided to do. What's that feeling like when you watch somebody run by you and you know that you don't have that makeup speed? Well, you know what? It's 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 one. You're pissed off at yourself and you're upset with yourself because you could have got you should have got back a little deeper if you knew you couldn't run with them. And it's honestly just sheer panic, right? You know, the, the everybody stands up in the stands, people start screaming, and you're so scared that you can't look back for the ball, and all you're doing is waiting for the inevitable, which is the touchdown. It's it's one of those moments. It's one of those moments where you realize, you know what? Some people just left the hospital with a little more than others. <laughs> We're talking Ryan Clark, uh, former NFL defensive back, and of course works for the Mothership. Are the Saints okay at quarterback? You know what? I, I think they can be. You know, we we haven't gotten to see Trevor Simeon play uh, quarterback in a long time. Obviously, we had he had a great year at Denver, and many people thought that he could be the the future starter or franchise guy there. And 
we felt like Sean Payton is the quarterback whisperer. I mean, to be honest, wasn't that why we were so excited about Jameis? Because we've seen Sean Payton be successful with Taysom Hill. We've seen him be successful with Teddy Bridgewater. And so when you look at what Trevor Simeon was able to do yesterday coming, I mean, uh, two days ago, coming into the game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I mean, he looked extremely competent. This defense uh, is a defense that can keep you in game. So it can be okay moving forward or at least as okay as they were with Jameis Winston, they still need to add a pass catcher. So you're hoping Michael Thomas can come back healthy off the IR. Yeah, I mentioned this earlier that I would reach out and see if Denver would be willing to part with Teddy Bridgewater since he's already had success there, knows the offense, and would probably be an upgrade over Trevor Simeon. Therefore, I can keep Taysom Hill maybe at that all-purpose position and, and you know, because you're lacking offensive weapons. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think moving Taysom Hill to the quarterback position is the end for this team. I even believe if you go back to last year, especially late in his run, you know, you look at Philadelphia uh, in Game Four last year, he was kind of being found found out. They were figuring out that he couldn't push the football down the field, that he wouldn't get out of the pocket and run as often as he was or would when he was the Wildcat quarterback. And so I believe keeping Taysom where he is at that age bag, being able to play quarterback is the thing to do. And if you can get Teddy Bridgewater back, I believe that's something you do. Uh, the thing we don't know is what they see in Trevor Simeon. Uh, Drew Brees kind of spoke about it on the broadcast this weekend. He said Trevor Simeon is more than competent, is more than capable of being the starting quarterback of that team. And I think Sean Payton, if he's seen enough, is willing to do that. The Rams picking up Von Miller means what? <laughs> it means that the Rams are all in on winning the Super Bowl right now. Also, it means how in the hell or who in the hell is manipulating the salary cap in Los Angeles? <laughs> you know, some people like like some people can't keep cor- one cornerback, and you know they've been able to assemble you know probably this era, era's best edge rusher, obviously this era's best D tackle, and the best cornerback in the game. Um, I think they decided that you know what they're going to rush the passer, they're going to get to the quarterback, um, and they're going to score points offensively. Uh, I know Von Miller was a little bit sad uh, yesterday, and you can kind of see the emotion when he spoke leaving Denver. But I'm sure that all changed when he remembered <laughs> that Aaron Donald gets double and triple team and that he's going to have one-on-ones all day. Oh, I thought it was a must-cry situation for Von Miller, but deep down he's going, hell yeah, hell yeah. I get out of here. I'm going to L.A. I got a chance to play in the Super Bowl. Uh, before I let you go, you faced Adrian Peterson. The the Titans are coming, you know, going to reach out and I guess bring him in. Uh, I don't know what he's got left, but uh, what was it like to face Adrian Peterson in his prime? Oh, it was absolutely it was absolutely terrifying because he was a guy that had first round talent, obviously, but he's top ten pick, seventh pick of the draft, but he ran like an undrafted free agent. You know, like he ran like every every time he got the football, he was fighting for his career and or his life. And when you have to tackle a man who has no regard for his own body, that's a that's a very scary proposition. And you know, he's one of the best to ever do it. He's obviously a Hall of Famer. Uh, we don't know what he has now, but he was the Derrick Henry of his time. He was the guy that was, without a doubt, far ahead of any other runner in the game. And, you know, it's good to see him back. Hope he gets another opportunity. But, man, I sure do miss the, uh, the old all day. Yeah, he rushed for 140 yards against your uh, Steeler defense in 2013. Yeah, I remember that, Dan. Thanks a lot. <laughs> what is that like, though, when you know that this guy, it's going to hurt? Like, I, this guy's running, and I, I got to hit him. It's my job. He's got 60 pounds on me. What's that like? 
I mean, I think, I think, I think it's one of those things. It's, it's, it's why you do it. You know, I think it's why we're kind of all screwed up in the head. Uh, you know, it actually, it actually excites you because you want to see if you can win. Uh, who, who the better man is, uh, or who uh, we obviously know who the bigger man is, but who the better man is uh, when you get your opportunity. And so for me, that was always the challenge in it. You know, can you step up and do some things that quote unquote normal humans wouldn't attempt to do? And so uh, that, that's why we love the ball. Ryan, great to talk to you again. Thank you. My best to uh, the guys on Get Up. Thanks for joining us. Man, thank you so much, man. You have a great day. That's uh, Ryan Clark. Yeah, I can't imagine what that, that's like. I know it's your job, but when you see that running back, a physical running back like Jerome Bettis, Derrick Henry, and they come through the line and you're there, and you got to try, but how do you try without trying too hard where you know it's going to really, really hurt? And I don't know, for some reason, I, I remember talking to Jerome Bettis about that, and he said he could actually hear guys like wince a little bit, like cry just a little bit. That, you know, when they were trying to tackle and you just hear the guy go, oh. Yeah, Paulie. And you know if you hit him wrong, <laughs> that you're going to be a legend on the wrong side of it. Like the, that guy Earl Campbell hit. Remember he lowered his head at that linebacker Isaiah. Isaiah Robertson. We know his name. Yeah. Based off that, yes. <laughs> there was a play Leonard Fournette had in college. I think it was against Auburn. Auburn. And a thin defensive back decided to go like up top on him. And he carried him down the road, like like down the field, like he's carrying a child. Yeah, there are times when you just see these DBs and all of a sudden they start to slow down a little bit. Like they can't quite catch up to these big physical running backs. Even though they're probably faster than them, they somehow just don't catch up to them. I got a new podcast, Dan Patrick Takes a Gamble, featuring yours truly. Also a good friend of mine, his his name is Bad Larry. That's what he's known as, Bad Larry. Uh, Dylan, our graphics guy, they give out their weekly NFL and college picks. New episode comes out every Thursday afternoon, available danpatrick.com and uh, Apple Podcast. Right now, if you bet $100 on every one of Bad Larry's picks, you'd be up $1,600. Sixteen hundred dollars. He's up sixteen units on the year. Bad Larry. Dylan is up uh, two units. Yeah, Paul. How does one get a nickname? Bad something or other. He used to get mail delivered to his dorm room in college. It just said Bad Larry, and then the dorm at Providence College. I don't know, and I've known Bad Larry for twenty years. And he says, if you get off a certain exit in New Jersey, you just say to the police officer, "Hey, where's Bad Larry live?" And the police officer knows where Bad Larry lives. Yes, uh, Seton. Is there a counterpart to Bad Larry called Good Larry? That's why they needed to separate the two. Like, is that Bad Larry or Good Larry? Uh, you you want Bad Larry to come out. You just it's sort of like Las Vegas. My nickname for him is Vegas. I can take him for about two days, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's Bad Larry. He uh, used to have a full time job and then quit it fifteen years ago, and all he does is gamble. Uh, bless him. Yes, that's, that's bless his heart. Oh, he does. Yeah, Paul. Like Vegas, do you leave? You have no money. He has it. He keeps it. No, I try not to bet with him because this is what he does. But he's really good at it, and uh, he's very funny. But the podcast is a lot of fun. It's uh, Dan Patrick takes a gamble, and uh, I just I'm sort of the moderator there. I try not to interject too much. Uh, I just let. Bad Larry and Dylan, the graphics guy, they do what they need to do. Yes, Todd. Does the gambling juices ever start to flow a little bit that gets you concerned that you want to do something? No. There are times when I'll just say, hey, I really like this game and I don't know why. Or I wouldn't bet on that game, but I don't go, 
you know, maybe I could throw a dime on this. Just because I never enjoyed it. Even when you win, you don't enjoy it as much. It hurts more when you lose. It's not that, hey, the high of winning, it's when you lose. That crush. Like, imagine the bad beats we had this week. And, like, those are crushing. You're up 38 to nothing on the Texans. The Giants covered last night. Like, you're just... You just don't, uh, not good. Yes. I was really hoping to pick up a new vice before the end of the year. (laughs) (sighs) Oh, man. Now, well, you know, Mario is now betting because he listens to Bad Larry. And I think I'm going to. Let's take a break and talk about this. Uh, Final results, poll question. What we learn, what's in store tomorrow. Back after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a new podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? along with my fellow pro bowler, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it. Up on game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up on Game with me, LeVar Arrington, T.J. Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Oh, we were just discussing National Sandwich Day tomorrow. Sandwich standoff. Yeah. This is a Pauly special. Somehow we work food into... Now we have Meat Friday, but somehow we always have a hot dog that's uh, in the show once a week, it feels like. Yeah, Pauly. Tomorrow is National Sandwich Day. Not one specific sandwich, but the entire concept of sandwiches. Mm. And named after... Like the Earl of Sandwich? Yes. Uh, he was supposedly a gambler, and when he and his friends would play, uh, would gamble, there would be trays of meats and cheeses, and he would have one of the uh, flunkies go over there and get him a, a plate, yeah. and he'd just put it all together, and then the other people at the tables would say, I'll, I'll have what Sandwich is having. I'll have what Sandwich is having. It caught on, and Jed's a millionaire. Yeah, but why don't they call him by his name? He was the Earl of Sandwich. Like, wasn't his name like... Uh, John or something? Like it or? should be called a ham and cheese Montague. Yeah, his last name was Montague. Not a sandwich. It's not a ham and cheese sandwich. John Montague. He was the fourth Earl of Sandwich. A long line of sandwiches. What's his name, John? John Montague. Oh, okay. But Baron when you say, Bong. hey, I'll have what John's having, then it would be, a, we'd be eating a John. It'd be cool if they were called Montagues. Hey, yeah. give me two Montagues to go. Yeah. Yes, Todd. Didn't John Montague pitch for the San Francisco Giants? The Count of the Montefusco. <laughs> Montefusco. Montefusco. Oh, come on, Todd. You knew that. Come, come on. on. I could see it a mile away, Todd. <laughs> uh, this day in sports history, Paulie. Okay, 1938. Uh, here's a guy who liked a sandwich. George Herman Babe Ruth had applied for the job at the St. Louis Browns. He wanted to be the manager of the Browns, and they uh, did not let him. He was a bench coach for the Brooklyn Dodgers for a while. And then uh, Magic Johnson retired from the NBA this day in 1992. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Metcalf of the Chargers set an NFL record when he ran two kicks back for a touchdown in the same game. Wow. Two kickoffs back. Um, That's it. Let's see. Braves traded Hank Aaron to the Milwaukee Brewers this day. Dave May. 
they got in return. Thank you. Uh, final results, poll question, McLevin. Who's going to win the Ooh. AFC West? People are still going Chargers. Oh, by the way, Paulie, on this day, the Cubs uh, beat the Indians. Absolutely. It's too yeah. obvious for me. Yeah, game seven, win the World Series. After 108 years. Special day. Will the Cubs win another World Series in your lifetime, Paul? Don't care. You don't? I, I made a deal with the big guy for one. We usually make a deal with the devil. Oh, not yeah, that's the, the other guy. Not the big guy. Oh, someone gave me something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anything else needs to be mentioned here? Do you think you could have betting as a hobby? Like, anybody... Like, Seton, could you do betting as a hobby? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I think so. But how much is... Uh, just enough to be a hobby <laughs> when it becomes, how much is it when it comes a, a problem? Well, I think uh, Tiger said it best, right? Whatever makes you nervous. Whatever makes you nervous. That's yeah. when you're like, oh, crap. Let's say you lost 250 a week. Just $250, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. $250. Can you still call that a hobby? Is it a problem? When should it become a problem? Usually when you lose, it becomes a problem. It became a problem for me, and I was winning. Well, if I ever come and ask to borrow money from you, <laughs> I might have an issue. Uh, <laughs> I remember betting one time. I was betting on Michigan and Indiana, and I think the line was 17. And I just I didn't have the money if I lost the bet. Um that's when you know that maybe you have a little bit of a problem. That's an issue. Yeah, that's yeah. an issue. Yeah, Paul. There's an old bookies uh, thing that they do is people who don't have the money. Let's say you bet 200 bucks last night on the Chiefs. Yeah. And you lost. Well, you would bet 400 on the next oh. game to try to get back and over. And eventually a bookie will cut you off because you realize what you're doing. You're trying to eventually get out of the hole without ever paying your bets. Well, we had to square up with the bookie each week. Yes. One way or another. And then I would always, if I was winning, I'd just leave my money with him. But if I lost, I had to go to his house and hand him money. Yes, Todd. That's why I don't see how that could be a legitimate hobby. If you win, you get all excited. Then, oh, I'm gonna, I could win again. If you lose, then you want to keep going to get your money back and win. Either way, you either want to win more or get back what you lost. Well, you, you know, whenever you'd have a bad Sunday and you'd load up on Monday night, and it was just, it was bad. You know, you just, you were like, what am I doing? And then you were truly gambling. They're like, I'm, I'm down 400. Now I'm going to double it because I want to get my money back. Then I'm down 800. Then I got to go pay a visit to my bookie and hand him eight, 880 or whatever it was because I, I lose the big as well. Uh, what did I learn today, Todd? McLovin is freaking out about how close more and more sharks are getting around Cape Cod, that they could start outnumbering people at some point. What? Yeah, until they start walking on the beach. I'm not too worried. What? Intelligence runs in the family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. Not this family. 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs. Every member is waiting to impress. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for joining us. We'll do it again tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. Oh, one more item here. Uh, we got great matchups week nine. The Baker versus Burrow battle. The Battle of Ohio. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes. Enough said. 
Derrick Henry won't be there for the Titans, but they try to slow down the explosive passing game of the Rams on Sunday night. Kyler Murray and the Cards try to keep flying against the NFC West rival Niners. A lot of matchups. That means great rookies, big superstars, all-time greats. Only one place to collect all your cards. Panini Trading Cards, the exclusive trading card partners of the NFL. Panini America uses iconic brands. They have Prism, Contenders, Donruss, National Treasures, and more. Instant Classic Trading Cards. You're going to have Trevor Lawrence, Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and so many more. There's something for everybody in a Panini America pack. And more than just the NFL, Panini, the exclusive home for the NBA, UFC, NASCAR, and collegiate trading cards. Start or continue your collection now. PaniniAmerica.net, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show.